reading this morning from uh, James chapter 1 and uh, beginning at verse 19. James chapter 1 and beginning at verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we pray this morning that as we look into your word, that you will challenge us that you will change us, and that you will continue to mould us into the people that you want us to be. Speak to us, we pray, through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We're in this uh, spiritual journey called 40 Days in the Word. And uh, you will remember that we're hoping during these 40 days that people will uh, love the word, learn the word, and of course, live the word. And just to remind you, there's six messages to listen to. We had the first one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Six small group Bible studies to attend, uh, led by uh, Rick Warren. And uh, if you're not part of a small group, it's not too late to join one. Uh, the small groups meeting different days of the week. If you'd like to be part of a small group, uh, have a word with me. Uh, six memory verses to learn. And of course, uh, key rings still available. If you've not got a key ring, there's still key rings available. And uh, do pick up your tag and do try and uh, memorize uh, these scriptures that we are doing together. And then there's uh, 40 daily readings to read. And of course... Uh, there's this book, uh, workbook. If you've not got a workbook, I've still got half a dozen copies left. So if you've not got one, uh, please do take one. Amazing bargain price of uh, seven ninety nine. If you don't want a workbook, I, mean, I forgot to mention this first week, but you want to do the daily readings because the daily readings are passages of scripture. I can give you the list of daily readings each week to read if you don't want to bother uh, with a word, but I would encourage you to uh, to do the word book. It's a, it's a great book. It's a bit different. Uh, it helps us to think about the word, to meditate on the word, and just challenges us to respond by writing down what we're thinking and, and even writing prayers out. So I would encourage you, if you've not got a book, uh, grab one today while there's still uh, remaining. So 40 daily readings to read, and there is the online devotions to watch. I know one or two people have had problems getting online. If you've got a problem, have a word with me. I'll show you how to do. Uh, different, just a, a short, uh, 
little thing every day for the 40 days. And it's also got the, the, the reading on for that day. So um, do look at that if you're computer literate. Have a look at it, sign up, and, uh, and, and use that. Uh, as well as the daily readings, okay? So do speak to me if there's a problem with that, and I'll uh, get you online. Uh, the first week, we were thinking about, you know, can we trust the Bible? That's what we were thinking about a couple of uh, weeks ago. And, of course, we said, yes, we can trust the Bible. That's a, a relief, isn't it, to know that we can actually trust the Bible, that it's uh, God's Word. And uh, those are the things we said. It says it's historically accurate, it's scientifically accurate, it's prophetically accurate, it's thematically unified, it's confirmed by Jesus, it survived all attacks, and it has transforming power. And we kind of pick it up on that last point this morning, it has transforming power. Because uh, today is day 15, if you didn't know, it's day 15. Anybody behind in their readings? One or two, don't worry about it, don't worry about it if you get behind. In fact, you know, you can just jump to the day we're on. If you miss a meet, if you miss a reading, you know, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Some people get really behind and then it, it just becomes a task. We want people to enjoy this. Uh, we don't want it to become a burden to people, but we do want to encourage people uh, to read God's word every day. It's a good thing. So, uh, day 15, and of course, this is our memory verse. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. And this week we're thinking about how the Bible changes us. I don't know about you, I know people are constantly telling me that we don't live in a book culture anymore, but I like reading books. I'm, I'm a book person. I didn't always like reading books. In fact, I, I didn't really start reading books properly until I became a Christian. Uh, but now I'm always reading books. I, I like books. And I read all sorts of, of books. You know, sports books, biographies, novels, uh, I read all sorts of books, but there's something about this book that is different than any other book. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of self-help books, um, but this book has the power to transform and change people's lives. This is different than any other book. And this morning, we're going to be thinking about how the Bible actually changes us. You might say, well, I quite like the way I am. Um, and that's okay, but uh, God wants to change you and to make you even better than you are already. So you might be a wonderful person, you might be uh, a great person, but God wants to make you even more wonderful and even more great because he wants to make you, uh, he wants to perfect you into the person that he wants you to be. And so if ever we stop allowing the Bible to change us, uh, if ever we stop growing, uh, we actually start moving backwards. Uh, rather than keeping moving forward. So how does the Bible change us? The Word of God, Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, the Word of God... Oh, by the way, have you, have you got your Bible notes? Have people got Bible notes here? Yeah? I'll try and tell you. If, you. if you're filling it in, I'll, I'll try and tell you where the fillings are. Uh, okay. But this is the first scripture on, the, on your notes. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is powerful. It can do these things if we allow it to, if we allow it to. So how does the Bible change us? Well, you know, we're not talking about uh, hitting people over the head with the Bible until they become uh, like uh, the people that we would like them to be. We've, we've seen that method employed in, in different places. And 
it doesn't work, does it? You, you can't force people. Um, we have to be willing participants. God wants to enter into a relationship with us. Um, but he doesn't force it. He, he, he encourages, he calls us, and he wants to be in relationship with us. And the main way that God speaks to us today is through his word. God continues to speak to us in all sorts of different ways and amazing ways, but consistently God speaks to us through his word, and his word will change us if we allow it to. So the first thing, this is your first filling. How does the Bible change us? It recreates my life. It recreates my life. What does that mean? Well, it means if your life is falling apart, if everything is going wrong, if if you if you feel discouraged and, and depressed, it means that God can come in and He can make something new out of your life. He gives us a second and a third and a fourth chance. He recreates my life. In James one eighteen, He says, "This is what He says." He, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. He chose to give us birth. God chooses us. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. He chose to give us birth through his word. Without God's word, we would know very little about God, about Jesus, about how we come to faith, about what Jesus has done for us on the cross, in his death and his resurrection. Through his word, um, we find new life. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Sometimes we, we kind of shy away <clears throat> from this image of being born again because... Uh, we, we think it's being sort of claimed by the kind of fundamental, uh, you know, right, don't we? And it, and it, and it, it's, it's kind of sometimes, for some people, it has a, a negative kind of connotation, this idea of being born again. But this is what, what Jesus says happens when we come to faith. It's like being born again. It's like starting over again. How many people in this world would love to start over again? You ever talking to people and their lives have, have kind of, they feel like they've really messed up and things have gone wrong, relationships have broken down, work hasn't, and things just haven't turned out how they expected them to. And God's word says, we can be born again, we can start again, and this can happen at any stage of our lives. This is good news, friends. This is good news that people need to hear. We need to share this, this idea that people can be born again, that they don't have to live a life of, 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 of kind of mundaneness and, and regret and wishing that their lives were different. They can have a new life uh, in Jesus Christ. How does the Bible change us? It recreates my life. We can start again. And some of us, this means we start again and again and again because we keep messing up and we keep getting it wrong. But this is how God works. This is God's grace. This is what God wants to do. So the first thing is, is the Bible changes because it gives us that opportunity to be born again. The second thing is this. It eradicates my guilt. It eradicates my guilt. You know, guilt is, is one of those things that um, <clears throat> affects every one of us. Whether it be just missing your daily reading, simple thing like that, 
or something a lot more serious. Most of us carry around uh, guilt. And one of the things I'm trying not to do during this forty days, while I'm trying to encourage you to read God's word, I don't want you to feel guilty about missing a day. I don't want you to, to feel guilty. I don't want to burden you with even more guilt because most people carry enough guilt as it is. People feel guilty about, about things that they have done, about things that they haven't done, about things that have been said. And people carry this guilt around with them. And, you know, I've had person after person come to see me in my office and very often they are burdened and weighed down with guilt. And it's great because I can point them to scripture. I can point them to scripture after scripture after scripture where Jesus says, it's quite simple. All you have to do is say sorry, ask for forgiveness, and it's there. Most people, Christians I'm talking about now, people in, in, in church who come and see me find this very difficult to believe. It sounds, it sounds too good to be true. And sadly, a lot of people walk out of my office and I know that even though I've, I've opened up the scriptures, I've shown them different verses, I know I can almost see them picking up the thing again and putting it on the back and, and walking out almost as heavy laden as when they walk in. And it breaks my heart because they don't believe the word of God. They don't believe the word of God. They come to church, they are professing Christians, but they cannot accept that God's word can actually make a difference in their lives. And it does and it can. This is what uh, Paul says in Ephesians. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Again, friends, you know, this is a message that not just people in the church need to hear. People in the world need to know that they don't need to live a life of, of burden and guilt and regret, that Jesus can actually set people free. Again, uh, Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word, speaking to the disciples, because of the word I have spoken to you. Sounds too good to be true. But if we confess our sins, the Bible tells us that God forgives you and I might not find it that easy to forgive people. Um, even when people are apologetic and sorrow and, and say sorry, we, we might find it terribly difficult because we might have been incredibly hurt. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus because Jesus' death on the cross means that Jesus was taking all our sin, all our guilt, all the, the rubbish, every single thing. There is no sin that cannot be forgiven. And someone will come up to me and say, what about the unforgivable sin? What about the unforgivable sin? I can explain that verse to you. Come and see me afterwards. There isn't a sin that cannot be forgiven. There isn't. Anything can be forgiven. So, how does the Bible change It eradicates my guilt. I can live a guilt-free life. Anybody here feeling guilty? You've not visited somebody, you've not done something you had said, you've not, you've not done that job in the house, you've, you've let somebody down, and we carry these things round with us. God's word says, it can change us because it can eradicate my guilt. How does the Bible change us? Thirdly, it, it activates my faith. It activates my faith. Verse 
It not only eradicates my guilt, it activates my faith. It gives us confidence. <clears throat> Most people today are lacking in confidence. I've already said it. They, they find it difficult to accept and believe the word of God. And that makes them lacking confidence when we go out into the world. Because we're not confident in God and his word and in the church. You know, we're constantly getting messages that nobody believes in God anymore. Nobody goes to church. Nobody believes the Bible. Science has disproved the Bible. We get all these mixed messages and we're lacking in confidence. Let me tell you, the word of God will build your confidence. It will activate your faith when you read God's word. Again, Paul says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. If you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling disheartened, you know, and, and you get home after a, a difficult day at work or, or, <clears throat> or you've been in a situation, just try, instead of switching the television on and kind of just chilling out and letting things flow into your mind, just try picking up God's word and reading God's word. Just for a few minutes. Because the word of God will encourage us. It will build faith. We'll read something and we'll, and it'll, it'll speak to us. And very often it'll be, it'll be absolutely what we need to hear. And, and as we read that word, we will, we will actually experience our faith being built up. As we allow God's word to, to soak into us. And that's the whole idea of these 40 days. Is that the word of God just gets into us as we read it. As we learn it. And as we attempt to live it. Our faith will be built up. I can absolutely guarantee you. That if you do these just short daily readings every day. That your faith will be built up. It will be built up. That you'll be more confident in God's word because you'll get to know God's word better and you'll feel that, that confidence and faith in what God's word says being built up inside you. Try it. Try it and see. Don't just take my word for it. We can't obey God until we first listen to his word. If you want to know what God wants you to do, if, you, if you're in a situation, then read his word. Look at what his word says. So, it activates my faith. That's the third thing. The fourth thing it does is it stimulates my growth. It stimulates my growth. We don't just want our faith to be activated. We actually want our faith to grow and develop. Again, Paul in, uh, in Acts, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can, be, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Do you realise that, that we have, you know, if you got a letter through the post saying that you were going to receive an inheritance, uh, you would be, you would, you would open that letter and your heart would start to, to, to beat and you would be pretty chuffed, wouldn't you? Uh, you only, you normally get an, inher- an inheritance because you are a member of, of, of the family of somebody that's died and they've left you something. Well, we are members of God's family and we have an inheritance, a rich inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus. And we just need to claim it. Anybody get a phone call? Barclays, NatWest, you are entitled to a PPI. 
I, I get one, about, I get about three a day. I get them at church and at home. You know? And uh, people are claiming it and, uh, you know, no doubt solicitors and lawyers are making huge amounts of money because you actually don't need to go to them to claim it. You can do it yourself. But the idea of people claiming things, it's becoming more and more kind of part of our society, isn't it? You know, have you had an injury? Uh, does your partner think you're going deaf? That always makes my partner Sue laugh because she thinks I'm going deaf. <laughs> have you worked in a noisy environment? Well, I stand very close to the worship group. I don't know if that counts, but I could be entitled to, to £10,000. Have you ever been walking through Burnley Market? You know, and, 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 and there's somebody there, again, wanting you to claim, uh, have you worked in a noisy environment? And I, I always want to get, yeah, I worked in a library. <clears throat> but we have a rich inheritance in Jesus and we need to claim it. We need to claim it. All scripture, Paul says, is God-breathed. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that the man of God or the woman of God may be equipped for every good work. We don't just want to gain more knowledge. We want the Bible to transform us so that we can act in the way that Jesus acts. We want to become more and more like Jesus. In the family of God, we are part of this family and we need to claim our inheritance and rejoice in the fact that we're part of this wonderful family called the church. So, it stimulates my growth. 40 days in the Word will encourage, will, will more just activate your faith. You will grow in faith and understanding and wisdom and knowledge. And it will help you in your Christian life. Fifthly, it illuminates my mind. How the Bible changes us, it illuminates my mind. It illuminates my mind. Psalm 119, understanding your word brings light to the minds of ordinary people. You and I, we're ordinary people. But we read the word and sun, it's like a light bulb being switched on in our minds and suddenly we get it. We understand. Again, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. A lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You know, part of the problem is, you know, of course, in in in, in the time when the Bible was written, you know, people were, were carrying you know flames round with them. Uh, we have torches, don't we? Now we have some people even have apps on the phone. Anybody got a light app on the phone? You know, you 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 could say your word is a is an app to my feet. Uh, but the problem is, of course. When you shine a torch, it only gives you, a, you know, if you're walking in the dark or you're walking up some steps, if you shine a torch, it only shows a little bit of the way. The problem is we want to, we want to see the whole picture, don't we? We want to know what's, what's further ahead. You know, that torchlight, it just gives us enough light for the next step. And God's word is like a lamp to our feet. It gives us enough to take that next step of faith. And then the next step, and the next step, and the next step. Your word is a light lamp unto my feet. It illuminates my mind. It illuminates my mind. The sixth one is it, it elevates my mood. It elevates my mood. 
Uh, you know, we all, we all suffer from mood swings, don't we? Uh, some mornings you just wake up and you, you don't feel like getting up. Some mornings you wake up and you don't feel like coming to church, you know, because you just, people say, I, I just wasn't in the mood. I didn't feel like it. And all sorts of things can affect our, our mood swings. Even things like as, as silly as football results can put us in a bad mood. Somebody said to me this morning, I bet you don't want to talk about football. Well, actually I do. I always like to talk about football. I'm always happy to engage in a conversation about football. But silly things can affect our moods, can't they? Silly little things. The word of God can also affect your mood. Next time you, you wake up and, and you feel, you know, a little bit out of sorts, pick up God's word. Read God's word and see how it affects your mood. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope, Paul says. The word of God gives us hope. So if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling down, pick up God's word. Open God's word and read it and see how it affects your mood. You are my place of retreat. Oops, you are my place of retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. It's the message version of 100, Psalm 119, verse 114. You are my place of retreat. Sometimes, you know, we have to allow God's word just to kind of come into us and uh, refresh us and renew us. Make space for God's word. Make time. Find that place where you can have that moment and you can wait for the word of God to renew you. So it elevates my mood. This is how the Bible changes. It can do all these things. And then, seventhly, it liberates my potential. It liberates my potential. Did you know that, that none of us uh, use uh, the full potential of our brain capacity? <clears throat> none of us, even the cleverest people. Even, you know, the clever of us. We, we use such a small proportion of the potential in, in our brain. Uh, but that's true of our lives. You know, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but um, when I grew up, <clears throat> I can remember kind of the negative things that people said to me. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll never amount for anything because you didn't try very hard at school. Um, you, you won't be able to do that. You won't be able to do this. Oh, your brother's much cleverer than you. Look at you. Look, look at this person. How they, you know. And these words they can affect us. But you see, God doesn't look at us like 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 human beings and other people look at us. God sees the full potential in each person because He created us, and He wants us to find our purpose in life. He wants us to to fully live the life that He intended us. If you continue my word. Jesus says, then you are truly my disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Some people need to be set free of words that have been spoken to them in the past, negative words that they still hear today. It might be the words of parents or teachers or, or friends or people in a workplace who've spoken negative words that are still having an effect on you today. Jesus says, his word, the truth, can set you free. Maybe that's a word for somebody here today. Maybe it's a word for somebody that you know that you can take and, and give to them because you know that they're still being 
hurt and harm by words that have been spoken to. Words are very powerful. We all know that little little saying, don't we? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but little words can't hurt me. Rubbish. Words have an, Im- a, a, an immense power to hurt. We've all been hurt by things that have been said to us. Each, Every single person here this morning has been hurt at some stage or other by something that's been said to them. And some of us carry that with us. Jesus says, you can be set free. His word says, you can be set free. Some of you perhaps need to claim that truth this morning. You can be set free. Uh, Are you reaching your full potential? You know, God wants you to fly. God wants you to soar. God wants you to be the best you that you can be because nobody else can do you like you. Nobody else can be you. Stop trying to be somebody else. You know, so often we, we, we live our lives trying to please other people, don't we? Don't tell me I'm, I'm a minister. I've got, I've got more people than, than most people to try and please. You know, but if we're not careful, we live our whole life trying to please other people. Let me tell you now, you can't do it. You will never please everybody. Let's live life differently. Let's live a life that's trying to please God. Let's just try and live a life that pleases God. Because when you do that, you'll actually find that you start to please other people as well. You won't please everybody. You can't please all the people all the time. That's a true saying. You can't please all the people all the time. But God wants you to reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. He's not finished with you yet. It liberates my potential. That's how the Bible changes us. So, if we want the Bible to change us, we've got to do certain things. We've, we've, got, to, we've got to learn God's word. We've got to learn God's word. And I read an interesting thing this week. You know, very often, you know, when problems come into our lives... The person I was reading was saying, the problem is not the problem. Do you follow me on this? The problem is not the problem. The problem is how we react to the problem. The problem's not the problem. The problem's got enough problems of itself. But the problem actually is how we react. And often, we don't react in the right way to circumstances. Our reaction, very often, is, is, is what we'd call a gut reaction, isn't it? We just react to circumstances. And very often, we react in the opposite way that God would want us to, to, to react. And, and Jesus says, your trouble is that you don't know the Scriptures. If we knew the Scriptures off by heart, if we knew what the Scriptures said, then we would know how to react. We've all seen people who, who react in a wrong way, haven't we? You know, um, I don't know if you saw much of the day. Uh, Burnley got a very good result. But you see, this Chelsea player called, I think it's Matic, somebody kicked him. And what does he do? He jumps up and he, he, he reacts. He pushes the guy over and he gets a red card. A bad reaction. And, and But we, we, we can all identify with that because all of us have been in that situation. The red card's interesting because what he saw was red. That's what we say, isn't it? He saw red mist and we just react. If we had God's word in our hearts, if we knew what God's word said, then we would know 
how to react. We wouldn't just be led by our emotions and moods. We would know because the word of God would be that deep within us. We'd know how to react and we wouldn't get caught out. Somebody said the Bible is the basic information before leaving earth that we need to survive on this planet. Bible, basic information before leaving earth. So we need to learn it. We need to really, really allow the scriptures into us. Secondly, we have to accept it. As I said before, I gave you the example of the people that come to me and even when you explain God's word and give God's word to it, they, they, they have a difficulty in actually accepting and believing that it's true. That will affect us. If we read God's scripture and we think, oh, I don't believe that because that's not my experience, then we're kind of rejecting something that God wants us to receive. We have to accept it. None of us will ever fully understand God's word. We can try, we can grapple, and that's why we love having house groups and encourage people to be part of small groups so that we can learn from one another and engage with God's word. Um, but we'll never fully understand God because we're just human beings, we can't. Uh, but we can keep trying. So let's just accept God's word and, 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 and believe the promises that are written in God's word. Usually I say don't believe everything <coughs> that you read, but this is the exception, okay? This is the exception. Just believe it and accept it. And uh, just tell yourself as you're reading the scriptures, this is true. This can actually make a difference. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, Paul says, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Something happens when we believe. Faith, it's, there's a bit of a mystery in how it all works, but something actually happens when we believe and accept God's word in our heart. It changes us, it changes the way we act, it makes a difference. And that's what we're saying today, that the Bible can change us if we allow it to. So I have to accept it. And then finally, I act on it. You know, we can read God's word and read God's word, but if we don't allow it to change us, if we don't act on what God's word says, you know, God's word says that we should forgive. It doesn't say we should forgive except for in this circumstance and that circumstance, and if, if somebody's really nasty to you, or if somebody's horrible, or if somebody says these terrible things, then they're the exception. It just says that we ought to forgive. And so what do you do when somebody uh, uh, is nasty to you? Uh, you forgive them. Simple, isn't it? Sounds simple. I know it's not simple. It's very hard to do. Um, but if we don't act on God's word, if we, if we ignore it, then we're not living the life that God wants us to. We have to act upon it. Not that you know these things. Now, not that you know these things. I don't think I've got that quite right either. Not that you know these things. You will be blessed if you do them. Now it should be. It should be a, a W. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. When, you, when you're writing God's word out, make sure you, you, you spell the words correctly because spelling the other word, getting the letters in the wrong place is not a good idea. It can change the whole purpose of the meaning. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Why don't you try this week just living as God wants you to live? Engaging in his word. Uh, doing, we, we know how God wants us to, to react in circumstances. He wants, we, he wants us to love people, to accept people, to bless people. He doesn't want us to be unkind. Even if people are unkind to us, he wants us to respond 
with love. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for them. You know those people that irritate you? <laughs> those people that get on your nerves. Those people that go on too much. Pray for them uh, rather than uh, anything else. Act now. Uh, don't wait. Act now because you can be a blessing to somebody this week. You can put God's word into practice this week. As you live your ordinary everyday lives, you can bless somebody this week by being obedient to God's word. Knowledge is of no value unless you put it into practice. Well, knowledge is, is, is valuable. Uh, but you know what the saying's saying. It's saying if we just read something and we don't really allow it to affect us, then that knowledge fails to actually be valuable to us. So act on it. 40 days, love the word, learn the word, live the word. Let's do it.